0: sat on the sofa and, and looked at Laura and you know said look I'm I'm really struggling at the moment you know I'm trying to put on this hard man soldier I don't give a shit attitude but ultimately I was really struggling.
1: Hello I am Joel Ingram and this is Crisis to Crushing in podcast. Let's dive into this week's talk and I'll help to increase perspective expand perception and allow you to change your reality.
0: Enjoy the show. How are we doing? Good. Very good. How are you?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Has your situation good. settled?
0: Oh, mate. Yeah, I'm all gravy. Yeah, yeah. no problem.
1: Where do where yeah, you now absolutely. in the world?
0: I have got new job, new car, new house. So, um, uh, in Fort William I've uh, got a, a temporary job which is good because it, like, I've really I've got eight months now ticking down to focus on what it is I really need to do um, so that kind of started the clock on that which is fantastic. Um, <clears throat> we live in Fort William, which well we, well we we're in the same place now, but we're moving there next weekend. And uh, I thought, just for shits and gigs, i will buy myself a new car as well. So i thought myself a new car. Um, so everything's good, actually. Very good. How are things with you? What's going on? <laughs>
1: um, work's been a bit mental. Um, Hi. I sort of slipped off the... Last week, I got a slip on the training. And I sort of hit Sunday, and I realised I'd been prioritising other things. And other people. So Sunday, yeah. I had to train Sunday so yeah <laughs> <I've> been training and <coughs> uh, just weights weights my uh, yes. I, I did, uh I did that uh, I did that um little Audax <laughs> I haven't done anything since there's no it's, it's the wrong end of the year for these events now all the rest of them are like six seven hundred milers
0: yeah yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah and I need to improve my navigation skills before I take on another one <laughs> so that's uh, <laughs> that's something that I yeah so I was going back to our old oh, episode
0: sorry the con- go on sorry oh yeah yeah no I was going to say I was going to say the connection I, I think my, it's really shit it must be my internet um, I-, I literally I've come off a meeting and then I threw food down my throat in like four <laughs> minutes and the previous was like really like ew, 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 like kind of talking so I really hope this does go the same way but I can see you and I can hear you that's a bonus um, so it's a, it's a bonus you're not as clear as normal but I guess if the internet connection does start to fade then if one of us turns then it might be better um, it might just kind of save the bandwidth or something but I think we had a storm last week and I think the Wi-Fi has just gone on the fritz so Okay. Anyway, carry on. I, I, I went through <laughs>
1: our old ones and I realized we were missing yeah. in episode five. Because in episode five, we dug into... Are we? Yeah. M- remember the last one, which was, um uh I think it was Redefine Your Possible. That was you, you yeah. had five five elements you wanted to touch on. Yeah, I got got up to four, and then the fifth one was a chat between you and I, where we were talking about uh, um, me training for something, and I said we I'll hold that one for later on for when we Uh actually kick it off. Yeah, so it, it sort of turned into instead of it wasn't so much like yeah, you know, redefine your possibility. It sort of turned into me discussing. What I might be able to do, which I suppose, you know, I could release. It's just this, I said in there I'd like, keep it for uh, a future one for when we do actually start working together. Like,
0: you've gone now, you're <coughs> frozen.
1: Mm.
0: Oh, no, um, right. Do you need the video?
1: No, that's got, I can. If I would, it help if I cut my video as well.
0: Let's try it. Let's see if we can send because I think that's obviously the most important thing. Okay, i
1: have got to figure out. Right, um, it's gotta be an easy. Might just at to least
0: help. It. Yeah, it should just be. Are you on Zoom? Aren't you? It should be just in the yeah bottom How do you, left video settings. Uh, so if you just say, uh you're a, you're a meeting holder, though, aren't you?" Well, let's see how we get on with just my app then. Uh, uh, Look, my video. God, I mean, it's just the bottom left corner with mute and start video and stuff. <coughs> oh, he is gone. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can indeed. I think the sound is. Oh, I've got a picture
1: too. of you.
0: I just get to sit and look at a picture of you with a cap and a beard. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a bit robotic. <laughs> well, we'll see. let's see Let's see how we get on, eh? All right, no worries.
1: Okay. So, I don't know what you want to do. Do you want to have a dabble back, or should we just have a catch-up on what we've got going on and stuff?
0: Let's have a catch-up. I'll have to re-listen to that previous episode, and then we can... Uh, that we can pick up on when we left off. I think okay. that would probably be best um, so that I don't give you a, a sort of half-assed version, you know? Always, okay. So what, what's,
1: what's going on in your world? I know you said you've had a lot of changes right now. What's the... And and they're not just little ones either, are they?
0: No, well, I mean, yeah, it's... <clears throat> Ultimately, it was looking at... Um... Ah, I mean, to be honest, it's... Restructuring my goals, re-evaluating what my life is doing to get me towards those goals, and then cutting away all the chaff—that makes sense. So there's a lot of noise going on around, you know, um, <clears throat> as in just sort of just just stuff that doesn't need to be there. So I went through a phase of just cutting all of that back, um, and. Laura and I went through a few dramas. What with where we live, um, with our employers just well turning against me slightly because I got I got laid off my job um, because I asked for a pay. Basically, I asked for a pay rise, and yeah. um, actually, no, we're not going to employ you anymore. And I was like, okay, that's not how I saw that going, and um, I thought, okay, fine, I've got until you know September to sort out some stuff. Um, because I'm that way inclined, you know, I might just sort myself out, get myself squared. Similar sort of work, working for a lot of other people around the village. Ultimately, I needed to stay with Laura because Laura still works here on a separate job, and you know, she's the priority because she's thoroughly invested in you know project management for the building of this cinema that she's doing in Fort William. So she was the priority, um, um, and <clears throat> then we sort of. Oh, just to save all the details of the story basically if you imagine your the the, the your two bosses if you if you will uh, um just being a little bit unpleasant and when i say a little bit unpleasant i mean making your life a living shitstorm and by that they're not doing anything i don't know it, it's not like uh I am going to make your life a living shitstorm. It was this sort of indirect psychological kind of way. You know, when somebody, when they're talking to you, they can't look at you in the eye. Um, Tasks that you usually get done, they'll ask someone else to do. Um, You won't get approached, you'll get emailed, even though we live in the building that's attached to it. You know, they're in the other other room and we can hear them talking and you'll get emailed instead of spoken to, which is what normally... uh, and, uh, do you know what? I actually wrote, <clears throat> I took great pleasure, and I think this will be the shape of where we should go today. Um, I took great pleasure this weekend, because I've managed to sort it all out, and we'll come on to that in a minute, of writing down all of the things that have kind of built up on top of me over the last, I don't know, six to eight weeks, which has made <clears throat> life a little bit unpleasant. So, you know, got laid off from my job. Uh, and then the boss's attitude – this is just me reading off my list now out of my journal uh, – uh, the boss's attitude to to, to me, um, I then received the blame of everything. So everything that went wrong, every single thing that went wrong within my workspace got blamed on me. Um, to put it in perspective uh, – sorry, to bring you in up to speed, I, I worked with one other guy He was a tree surgeon. I'm a landscaper. Um, the two of us worked together on the grounds. and. Um, Everything that he basically fucks up on, I got the blame for. Um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why that is. I am a very, very transparent, what you see is what you get soldier. I don't do employers' voices. I don't believe in them. I, and by that, I mean you know, saying what people want to hear. I don't believe in that. I tell people the truth, and I try not to be a dick about it, because ultimately, integrity always comes out on top um and that's something i strongly believe um so i i ended up getting all the blame with that um rob has a very good employer's voice so so he managed to dodge a lot of bullets they came onto to me okay great there's another one <clears throat> and then rob also after i got laid off turned incredibly negative about his job role because funnily enough he wanted to ask for a pay rise too so he turned into captain negativity you know he would walk in through the door, and the first thing he would say is how much he hates everybody, and like everything's going wrong. And it's you know when you're around that every hour, every day, and you live in the same building as that, that really starts to grate on you. Um, yeah. And negativity, poison, you know, as soon as it, as soon as it's in there, it's like a virus. It's really hard to remove. And then, uh, and then after, obviously, I got laid off. Then my employers started being very very critical of my hours like i was scrutinized my hour sheets were scrutinized down to like the nearest five minutes um you know breaks weren't included anymore and it was like oh okay right and then it was almost like because it's not an organization i'm working for it's somebody's family essentially it there was no like hr department that you can go and have a chat with um then they told me, which kind of hurt a little bit, that they real that they think they just can't trust me anymore. I don't know. I don't even know where this all came from. But again, I take integrity, work ethic, and what I do very, very seriously. Um, then I had agreements that I had laid in writing and gentlemen's handshakes when I first work, worked here. They started changing, um, and then I realized that I was trapped by pay because I needed the money, and there was not a lot else I could do. Um, then there was various things promised to me throughout work that they were then undelivered, like various courses that were going to be funded, and it was like, "Yeah, you'll definitely have that." You will not be in the flat where you are because the one needs to stay. Oh fuck, I've gone.
1: Anyway, you you um you said you you were trapped by pay, and then we lost you.
0: Righto. So uh, yeah, trapped by um, <clears throat> trapped by pay because I couldn't think of anything else that like you know there was nothing else I could do because this is a very very remote. In a rural village in the middle of the Scottish Highlands. You know, you can't just go to the next place, organization, company, whatever, for a job. Um, there were promises that were sort of given to me, if you like, for, you know, we promise that you will stay over winter. That didn't happen. We promised that we will put you through these courses. None of these happened. Like, these are all just hollow promises. Um, then after I was told that I could stay, uh, sorry, after I was told they were going to lay me off the job, they said I could stay in the flat for as long as I wanted, which is where we live at the moment. Um, I could stay there as long as I needed to because Laura needed to stay here. And then when things turned a little bit ugly, and I still can't figure out why, then we started getting pushed out of the flat. Like, oh, like, oh, when are you leaving? You've got two weeks left, That's sort the of thing. So um, then there was a lot of negativity directed to Laura, which I didn't appreciate. I had a lot of accusations of stealing and theft and, you know, uh, all these things that are just not true. Um, I don't really know where they came from. I think Rob was kind of probably um, feeding some of them, but that that is what it is. A lot of um, short-sightedness, understanding where we could go. There was lies. Ah, Christ, this is only half the list. You know, you've got um, (laughs) refusal from other jobs because of changes of attitude in people. Um, you know, you've got people in this community that want somebody who's hardworking and will pay them the price, you know, for somebody who's hardworking because they want the job done because, funnily enough, there's no one else who will do it. And then you tell them how much you are and they're like, oh, no, we won't pay you. Even though, funnily enough, I had that agreement since the beginning of the year and my charges haven't changed. Um, then you've got people who you regarded as friends have attitude changes. Then you've got alterations to agreements with those people. And you've got whisperings that, that bring into question your reputation. You've got... Um, You've got people who are sort of whispering behind your back. That then all of a sudden cancel the work that you've got booked in because somebody's probably told them something that's false. Um, you know, you know, you've got targeting of other people on our behalf. You've got people who are, you know, I bought a new car because I could afford a new car and I needed a car. And you know, honestly, I needed a bit of good news at this time in my life, so I bought the car and uh, I turned up with a brand new car because I got an amazing deal on it. You know, I managed to get nine thousand pounds off this fucking car. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, and then you know the first question I got from somebody who I regarded as a friend was, "How on earth do you, are you paying for that? Have you gone up in the world? Are you are you selling drugs? You know, what's the tax on it?" And questions that have got no business to anybody. Um, <clears throat> and then we were going to be moving into a separate house in Roshman, I know I'm going off on a story here, but this kind of paints a picture. Um, we were meant to be moving into this separate house and we thought this is a nice deal, you know, super cheap per month. I was going to do some gardening work in return. You know, there's plenty to do. It was pretty flexible. You know, it was a friend friendly thing. Um, and then we thought, great, you know, Laura was getting excited. I was getting excited. You know, we can move into our own little place, have a bit of space, play naked chef, whatever. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it got yes. to the point I love where, you know it it was going to be happening it was going to be happening past weekend you know today is now monday we are now brought up to speed to thursday last week okay yeah. we were getting excited or we was waiting on the contract they they were going to put together a, a you know an informal formal document if you know what i mean just to say you know terms of service you know this is just to be transparent it wasn't just one off it wasn't to be ridiculous it was just a case of you know we're going to give you this we expect this we're going to write this document because it's our house you know that's fair <clears throat> and um, we thought okay cool we got the contract and it was ridiculous like they were expecting me to lose a day's paid leave to do all this work instead of doing it at the weekends which is what Laura and I were going to do so we could work together they were expecting unrealistic things. They wanted insurances, even though there was no contract of employment. They wanted all this stuff. And I just said, look, this, this doesn't seem right. And kept it quite friendly, actually. And they just couldn't... See. You know when you're having a conversation with somebody and you, you just know that they do not understand that two plus two equals four. And it's like trying to bash your head on a stone wall. And I was getting a little wound up. Managed to keep my composure, but just ended the conversation. Ended the conversation, you know. Without we they cancelled the deal. We were meant to be moving in. This is this is now Friday night. Yes. We were due to be moving in like we, had, we we were due to be moving in in twelve hours, and they were like, "No, guess what? We've got nowhere to live because we were going to get kicked out of Rochford House that, that weekend." And uh, Laura burst into tears. And I was like, okay. And that's where I learned what uh, Tony Robbins says, where you, you don't get your shoulds, you get your musts. And weird things happen when you must have something, when you really must have something. Not an I want, not an I should, but when you really must have something, things get out of your way. We were... I don't want st- to. we weren't rockdom, you know we weren't in a Chris Gardner you know kind of we weren't living on the streets we weren't we weren't homeless properly we weren't you know we, we still had our cars you know we we were, we were okay we were in a really shit situation and um what's made it worse is we had this sort of weird psychological backdrop of this rural community and uh, it was a really unpleasant un- really unpleasant time Laura Really didn't appreciate it, um, and <clears throat> I I just remember really switching on. I, I, I find that when it gets really really bad, something in my brain will switch on, and if if it's not that bad, I have a, I have a tendency to coax through it. So I need to sort of train that out. But when it gets when shit hits the fan. Be that and you know, from my time in the army when you're you know when you're really sort of going up against it I switch on. I know I do. And it, it really came out. And it was just a case of right. And then funnily enough I was going for a coffee with a friend and um, I said to my friend I was like he was like, oh what's going on, you know, are you leaving Rushman I heard you got a job in Fort William and I was like Yeah and, you know didn't fish. I didn't rant about it. I didn't even say it in this much depth as I am now. And he turned around and said I think I can help you out. I've got, you know, a decent sized house and a spare room. You're welcome to it. We were like, oh, okay. Well, you know, that's really, really, I don't, want to, I don't want to bite your hand off, but, you know, we'll go and have a look at it. Ultimately, we could afford our own flat, but it would pretty much take all of our money. We'd have 14 pence spare, um, you know, after food and bills and whatever. Um, but, well, we'll go and have a look. And it turns out it was perfect. You know, he's a really he's a really top bloke, he's a very good friend. Um and he's also get he's, you know, getting over a fairly long term breakup. You know, he's with his missus for eleven years and broke up in April. You know, he's he's still trying to turn his life around. Um so, you know, he wanted the company. We needed something, we're very happy with the solution, and all of a sudden, we had this offer. He was like, look, there's it's very hypothetical. Nothing's confirmed. I need to look into it. And uh, we left it at that on Friday night and um, went to bed. I sleep through anything. Christ, there could be a zombie apocalypse and I'd still sleep. But um, I woke up Saturday morning and I looked at Laura and I realized she hadn't slept. I looked at her. Her eyes were wide awake and she was staring at the ceiling. And I thought she's either dead or she's thinking. And she wasn't dead, thank God. Um, but I said, and she said, like, I haven't I haven't slept. I'm, I'm so worried about, you know, what's going to happen, where are we going to end up, what, you know, what are we going to do? And, um, you know, when you kind of, you know, obviously in bed, you roll over and you prop yourself up on your arm and you look down at her and um, uh, I, I remember it now as one of the most powerful things I think I've ever seen in my life um, or at least invoking one of the most powerful reactions which was, you know, when you look at somebody in the eyes and all you see is just despair. Yeah. And I looked through her in the eyes, I saw her, her eyes well up, and then what really sort of broke my heart was, you know, when you see someone's chin tremble and yeah. the bottom lip start to go, and then they burst into tears. You know, she's a strong strong woman. She's a very northern strong woman. You know, I wouldn't mess with her. But she she then burst into tears into your arm. And it was at that moment that I thought, that's it. And something snapped inside and I just switched on. And that was that's what I mean by, you know, when it when you get to a really, really low point, something happens. And I was so driven. I just felt this drive. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go and sort this out. So I put coffee on, I put coffee up. I made Laura smile. That smile. That's not an innuendo. And uh, went down, grabbed details, figured out what on earth is going on. Figured out exactly how much we could afford. Figured out everything to the nth degree. Budgeted everything. Perfect. We've got, we know what we need to do. And the only thing we were waiting on was either an answer from my mate to say yay or nay or an answer from the place that we could get this other flat, but it was extortionately expensive. Um, they were our two options. And um, Laura came down. She was like, "Have we heard anything? I can't handle this. You know, handle was waiting." And I was like, "Don't worry about it. There's nothing we can do about it. It's in the hands of Ken. And yeah, it's in the hands of Ken. And he's and he's busy. You know, he, he's out all day. So leave him to it. And um, <clears throat> we." we did something different to take our mind off it. We, I think we just watched films actually all day um, and ate popcorn, which is fair. And um, but had a message from Ken saying, uh, saying, you know, the room's free. It's, it's yours. You know, if you want it. And uh, I told Laura and she's incredibly happy, but it's a sort of at the culmination of this whole saga. The one thing that I remember and I've got it written down in front of me. Is is the look on look on her face, and that's when I realise that that's that's what my reasoning is for doing what I do. I know that I need to make my achievements and my goals happen because I'm never seeing that face again. Yeah, I I, I can't describe it. I don't know if it sounds extremist. I don't really care to be honest. But for me that was powerful enough to turn around and say, I'm never seeing that face again. If I can do something about it, if I've caused it, then I'm a bell end. But if, if, if I can do something about it, then I'm never seeing that face again. So that's given, you know, I've been looking for a reason why I do these things for a long time. You know, I can come up with a really great Instagram quote, but it's all bollocks at the end of the day because you don't really believe it. But, and then I, up got to the point where I thought, well, you know, the jobs and, and the rest of the saga, I thought, I, I need to, I must turn around and start making this happen, making what I need to happen, happen. And um, because it turned into a must, all of a sudden we had to go through shit city for me to turn around and say, you know, I found my reason why. I know why I've got to do all this. Yeah. And I've never felt so driven my entire life, like, To quote David Goggins, not motivation, because he is right. Motivation is crap. It does come and go. But when you are driven to do something, it'll happen. If you are driven never to see something again, you'll never see it again. If you're driven to make something happen, and there is no like five steps to this, that, and the other to find it, it, it just comes to you at some point in life, and then you realize, that's my reason for doing stuff. There is no other way you can do it. You know, it could be that you've already got children and that's your reason. It could be that you've got an ill mother or whatever, you know, whatever your reasoning is, it could be yourself, but I would advise against having yourself as your reason why because it's too easy to cop out, but you're doing it for someone else. Oh my God, you turn powerful. And, you know, I even felt it just in the gym this evening, you know, went to the gym, I pushed myself harder than I ever have before because although Laura was there and she had a smile on her face, like I could still see that face in my in my head and that's i wrote it down and i'll read it every morning to make sure that that sets me up for my day um i took great pleasure in writing out that list of many things that went wrong over the last eight weeks and i scrubbed them out with red pen it was fantastic it was a very very simple thing that made me feel brilliant and then do you know what i wrote underneath it you know <laughs> don't get me wrong this is very like personal to me this is not somebody else that not, not something that anyone else can sort of copy but I wrote all that down and took great pleasure in scrubbing it all out, and and then I just said, "Remember Laura's face at rock bottom. Remember the look of despair, the trembling lip, the trembling chin, the tears, and the crying." You make sure that that never happens again, and then I said, "Work to build the life that you see, so that when you stop and you sit because you're tired, you remember that rock bottom. You remember her face, and you remember." that you switch on when the going gets tough. And that's enough to make me stand up and keep moving again. If I'm feeling tired, or if I'm feeling lazy, or if I'm staying in bed or whatever, I think that, and then I'm up and I'm fighting. And and for the first time in my life, that's a full experience of what it is to be driven to do something. So that was a good thing, I guess, to come out of a really shit situation. And you have to come out of it because it becomes a must. And then if you are experiencing something that's really, really shit, record it, write it. Don't write a book about it. It doesn't fucking matter. But write a list of things that are happening if it's a listicle thing like that. And then once it's all said and done, or as you're going through it and you're making every positive massive, which you should be, excuse me, then uh, write the lessons that you've learned. You know, I've learned several lessons from this. I've got a big list of them. And then turn those lessons into affirmations. And you have, you know, four or five affirmations that you turn around and say, you know, this is the culmination of these lessons that I've learned of the experiences that I've experienced and the feelings that I've felt. And you put them into four sentences or five sentences or whatever that you can keep reading and saying to yourself. And all of a sudden you become driven and you you stay driven i just i find that amazing and to turn around now and be like you know we're moving into our new place this weekend uh i'm leaving my old job behind and moving on to something that's even better that's going to push you know i've got my professional coach that's going to help me do what i need to do i've got my you know my own training program my own coach for the stuff that I need to do and I've got the plan everything's going in the right direction again so you know it, it's kind of one of those things the Shit. sometimes you've got to just sort of knuckle down and get through it the, the, the last thing that I will ever do is sit down and wallow because wallowing makes you feel worse it's almost you get to the bottom of that really crap situation and you realize just like David Govian says when he's tired, you know, I realize that a human being is not so fucking human anymore to quote him. You you know, you, you realize when you're at rock bottom that you have something in you to be able to overcome anything. And that could be emotional. That could be physical. That could be mental. That could be fucking whatever. It could be dinosaurs, whatever. But you have the ability to overcome it and you've got to find it and you've got to find that drive and then you've got to remember it. You know, write it down, because then when you remember it and you look back on it and you'll be like, I remember that feeling, I remember that look, I remember that thing that I saw, I remember that thing that I heard, whatever it is, and that drives you to push you forward. Does that make sense? I know I went off on a bit of a rant. No, absolutely. No, I,
1: think it's, I think it's a powerful thing you've done, the fact you've even bothered to record it, because invariably in life we just tend to muddle through shit without ever yeah. capturing, and this is, this is the best bit what you've done, you've captured all the important elements you've captured the emotion what you're you know what you're feeling what you're seeing what you're hearing so you've tapped in and tuned in all your senses which is the basis for NLP and change to then be able to yeah. use them for a, a force for good um and you're using like say people go different ways don't they? some people are away from motivation some are towards motivation so you know, it is it's I think it's fantastic what you've done. Especially that you've actually used that. And I, was, I was gonna say it sounds like before you said affirmation, it sounds like you're turning it into affirmation. And I think people can Well that's it. I don't think they can value affirmations. I think affirmations have got lost a little bit in the woo-ness of um you know, all this personal development stuff. But really what you're doing is you're yeah, you're setting a thought for the day and if you're if you're, you're the thought you're setting for the day is i will never quit that's fucking powerful man that's yeah. really powerful
0: you
1: know and uh, you know it's, a- it's aff- not...
0: affirmations are the like
1: right, one no i was just going to say it's, it's 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 not just saying it and then wishing it to be so it's saying it no. and meaning it with emotion and it's the emotion part that draws it to you or draws your actions and behaviors to fall in line with the way you want to feel.
0: Yeah. I think, I think if you're saying them and wishing them, then you need to rewrite them because they're wrong. Yeah. The whole idea of an affirmation, you're right. It has been lost in this whole sort of woo woo bullshit science kind of, you know, hippie shit. But at the end of the day, an affirmation is the, is the piece of flint that starts a fire on its own it's 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 not really you know on its own it's it's a separate entity but when it when applied to a direction with feeling with force with something then it creates a spark what does a spark do obviously you know creates a fire and, and so on you know that the the affirmation is that fuel that starts you off and if you are saying it and wishing it like You know, there are some bullshit ones that people sort of, I don't know. I I don't know if I should call them bullshit or not. Well, I just did. Um, There there are some that kind of get lost in the wash. You know, people who are like, oh, I will be a millionaire one day. Right. Wish. That's a wish, that is. That's not going to get you up and be like, I need to be a millionaire. Guess what? It was, uh, was it Confucius that said he who, uh, he who, oh man, I'm going to screw this up he who only wishes for silver will only oh, are balls. What is it? He who, are, he who, own, he who chases silver will never be happy with silver. That's it. You know, people yeah. who say things like that, they're just, wishes. you know, they're, they're, they're just wishes. Um, and if you are wishing them, they're just, they're not right. You know, it's, it's the wrong way to think about it even more. And it's like, like I said before, it's nothing that can be forced powerful affirmations they come through experience when i read these four i i remember the feeling that i had on that day i remember that overpowering urge to never make that happen sorry to make sure that that never happens again i feel a power behind it and it's not some crazy spiritual shit it's like memory you think of the most powerful memory you've ever got. You think about the day your children are born, right? You're going to remember the emotions that you felt when you asked your wife to marry you. You're going to, you're going to, you know. And she said yes. You're going to remember the emotions behind that. The day you got married, you're going to remember the emotions behind that. You know, there are powerful things that support the memory. Uh, sorry, that support the, the 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 affirmation. There are powerful memories that support the affirmation. Yeah. So when I read mine, I the hair standing up on a feel and I feel myself tensioning up because I've got this drive behind. If people are sat there going, Oh, I need to write some affirmations and trust me, I've been there. Christ. If if I could if I could have one pound for every single affirmation I've ever I've ever wrote, one is not that I can speak English, um, I'd be a millionaire. So it's only when you find the real ones that you find the drive to do it, and fine, if the ones that you've got are working for you, great. I think at some point in your life, those affirmations that, you, that work for you will probably change. I think that I think they will all change at some point, but because you know the day might come that I make that I have made true the affirmations, in which case you're going to obviously need new ones, so they have to constantly adapt, they have to constantly evolve. And that's the only way forward. You have to believe it. It has to have a feeling behind it.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, oh, that was an nice answer, wasn't it? <laughs> I got a
1: couple of questions from some of the stuff you said. Are you okay to run through
0: them? Yeah, go for it.
1: Okay. <laughs> so you mentioned um, in the beginning, you said you had uh, uh, you had some chaff to cut out. You said uh, yeah. So I, I was just wondering, like. We we've all been there like with a with a sense of like there's just like there's just too much on your plate, too much going on. Um some people feel a sense of overwhelm, frustration, anger, and lots of other things. How did you know which one to cut?
0: Simple. I found what. I say it was simple, it wasn't simple. I'm gonna try and make it sound simple. Um Take this with a process. I I cut out the things in my life that I knew were not getting me to where I wanted to be. I So there are numerous times this year I've sort of cut off things that are wasting my time. Um, then you can put it on a different scale. I cut off things that are wasting my money, for example. There's another one we'll come on to in a minute. Um, wasting your emotions, that's another one we'll come on to that in a minute. But I realized at one point this year I was running four different jobs, two different businesses, trying to run a blog, trying to do three different websites, and to try and um, train full time with two other people to coach. Funnily enough, that's that's quite a lot to do. So come in line with what your what your goals and aspirations are. Ultimately, I've always got, I've always gone off the. Um, the line of if i were to get hit by a bus tomorrow and i'm lying on my deathbed what would i regret spending my time on and uh, and then would i be like i'm really happy i spent my time on that or regret not spending more time on it and for me that was my training that was constantly learning about my training and that was spending time with laura and all of a sudden you kind of start to narrow that down into three things and then you realize what am i doing the other things for well a couple of the businesses that where i was running and helping run i was doing for friends as a favor and it was getting me money and i was thinking money 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 i need to get some money don't get me wrong i was making a fair bit of money but what well, compared to what i'm on now and uh, i was you know thinking okay this is great but i had zero time which meant I couldn't devote any time to training, I couldn't devote any time to study, and I couldn't devote any time to Laura. So guess what? That had to go, and uh, I cut that away. And then I thought, I've got a bit more time now, you know, and now I can expand those three really important things. What else is standing in the way? Well, I found out that I'm wasting my time on various website designs and developments and bits and pieces, so I cut that away. And then I think you have to be, for me, personally I had to go through a phase of being hard.
1: Well sorry mate, you broke up then
0: can you say that again? I cut off social media for a little while. I cut off oh sorry um I found that myself and I cut away my social media. I cut away my own website. I cut away everything basically. I didn't even train, you know, I, I didn't train for quite a long time um, because I had lost the love of it. And they, they always say that it, to If you've lost your love for something, then you should not step away from it, but step closer to it, and give something back to it. Which is where I did coaching. I started really pushing myself onto coaching and just helping people. You know, just putting sincere advice on on websites, on forums, on Facebook posts, on whatever, sharing other people's whatever, um, and just just trying to help people. And I helped people. I wasn't pushing myself forward in my training, but I was at least helping people. And I felt good about it. I loved it. And that meant I could spend a bit more time with Laura. And we had some amazing weekends away and some bits and pieces. Um, and that meant that I could knuckle down and get started on my, I've just started a degree in sports, on a degree in nutrition. So, and sports nutrition. So I could really get into the weeds of that. And then I started to piece together my training back together again. But um, I was, you know, it, it, it sort of comes back relatively quickly. So it was sort of back in there. And the motivation, which, again, I say is a bit rubbish, kind of was coming in in, in sort of waves and highs and lows and that, um, which, again, is why it, it's not something you can 100% rely on. The drive wasn't there. So I knew I needed to fix something. I just didn't know how. So I spent a long time trying to figure out how, um, but ultimately you, you've got to be pretty—you've got to cut these things away, even if you end up getting them back again. You know, on a really, really, very, very low level, almost, almost trivial level. I did the same with my finances. You look at bank account subscriptions. Do I have? Do I have magazine subscriptions? Do I have Audible? Do I have this that, and the other? Whatever. Um, well, I out all of the above, so you just start cutting them away. Delete, 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 delete. And then you write a spreadsheet. What are the core bills? What do you need to pay for? How much do you want to budget for food? And then what have you got left? What's the rest of it being spent on? You start cutting away the chaff there and it makes you more efficient. It makes you put a bit more money away. You you can put your own personal pension contribution away. You can do whatever. And it means that you're becoming more streamlined and sorting your life out. And then I realized, actually, my YouTube premiums. You broke up, mate. You, like listening to, was you know, offline. I can download off- uh, <laughs>
1: How's
0: that? Hang on.
1: You said you broke up on I realised, after you've done the budget, you realise something.
0: <laughs> ah, right, sure. So, yeah, after you've, um you know, after you've cut away the chaff in your financial life, you realise, oh, I've actually, you know, I've got quite a bit of money. I can start moving bits and pieces around. You know, you automatically feel like you've got more money than you had, even though it's the exact same amount. And then you think, uh, do you know what? I actually want that back. Like I've got a YouTube premium account, for example, and I love it. And I happily pay £11.99 for it because I like being able to download motivational videos and speeches that I can listen to while I'm doing my work. And I can plug my headphones in. You know, I'm feeding my mind. It's a tool. I'm using it. So, you know, you cut that away to for a purpose of getting everything back to the bare bones. And then you, you might get back to a select few. Um, I think, oh, who was it? It was either Jim Rohn or Zig Ziglar. And I'm sorry to say that I can't remember who, but they said, if you, I'm pretty sure it was Jim Rohn, actually. If you write a list now of all the things that you that you've got on your plate, right? And you ABC all of them, a being the most priority, B being something that's fairly critical, and C being a nice-to-have, right? Um, and then you take all the As, and then you write another list of them, and you ABC B, all of those As. So you're you're obviously condensing the list, right? And then you focus on those final As, you know, after you've ABC'd them uh, once or twice. Focus on those As, and then you'll realize that you've probably forgotten the majority of the other Bs and Cs, and you might find that you end up um, putting back in place a couple of the, the odd you'll see that you've realised, oh, actually, yeah, that is quite important. I want that back, or I should do that again. You know, And all of a sudden, you've you've cut away all the bollocks and shed light on the important things. So cutting back, really, for me, I was just going hard. You know, As Elliot Holt said, do something dangerous, cut yourself back, back to bare bones. And then realize where you're at, your current picture. It's it's like starting again. You're know, like, okay, I might, you know, um, bring that back into place, or I might start doing that again. But then ultimately, you're 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 bringing back in one place, but you've deleted twelve other things. You know, it's it's liberating. I hope okay. that answered your question.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, our DNF is. probably <laughs> me and the misses have gone through the last two months like. I've I've written budgets before, yeah. but it's the first time you've ever written a budget. Uh, say with the job transition, job, with the job transition, I've had to restructure mm. everything. So, understanding where my money's going, and then when you when you start dealing with credit card agencies and they start saying, "Well, what's fixed and what's flexible," suddenly you have got a new yeah. perspective yeah. about what's important. Yeah,
0: you know, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, and it—it's it, exactly that. It's—it's it's realizing, you know, realizing what you know is important for you, yeah, important to you, and then learning what is important, you know, because you don't know everything.
1: No, um, and and I bet at the end of that, you—you also mentioned you found yourself trapped by P. I mean, how did, how did? How did that, that feel? What was the what was going on within you when you felt trapped by pay?
0: Uncertainty. Um I didn't know I what I do is not a trade job, right? It's just any any Jack or Tim could do it. But um it was a case of I realised I was in a very remote um rural community in a very remote part of Scotland and it was 35 miles to the nearest town, okay? I I realized that I either, at this point, I didn't have a car, so I realized I'm borrowing Laura's car to get to and from places, but I know that she's going to need it on a daily basis very soon as her job's about to ramp up. Um, I realized I had a lot of things to pay for. Um, I realized I just invested in some quite expensive coaching, and I thought, right, um, you know, I'm I'm worrying here because I've got things to pay for, and I know that I'm getting overwhelmed with my bills again. So it was un- sheer uncertainty. And do you know what's was funny? Um, it was an investment to get my car, and uh, I thought, okay, you know, and and I could have got an old banger, but I'm I'm always dubious of getting really really cheap old bangers because they end up being more expensive than anything else. So I found this amazing on this new car and it was a you know as a contract plan it's relatively cheap you know it's got everything included and it doesn't need i don't need to pay the you know the tax the mot and the whatever with it and the servicing in fact because that's included so it's just putting diesel in the tank um and uh it was a big investment and you know what laura got involved as well and you know it was it was a it was a joint decision. It was it was a wonderful thing. It was it was gonna serve us, it's gonna serve us well for the next fifteen years and it, it certainly will. It's a fantastic thing that we will have. And you know, it's it's future proof. We can fit bikes and kids in the back if we need to, we can fit dogs in, you know, whatever. It's good, it's efficient, it's fine for our European trip, which we want to do next year, and all these bits and pieces. But um funnily enough, after I'd sold it to myself like that, um and I'd made the and I shook the hand. I thought, oh, that was a big amount of money. Um, and then I had an email from my bank saying, um, and the, the the subject of the email was, uh, do you need to clean up your finances? And I was like, ah, that'd be nice. Let's have a look at this email. And uh, what they were doing was offering a loan. Now, I know loans are kind of, you know, weird things to sort of get into you know they, they can be seen as traps and this that and the other and uh, funnily enough this was a uh a clean your finances up loan because i've been part of my bank for the last 20 20 odd years um and it, the, the interest rate was 1.6 <laughs> which is nothing and i was like oh bloody hell so i took this loan out and cleared everything cleared all payments cleared Everything consolidated it down to one payment, and it turned out to be a fraction of the cost that I was paying in the first place, which is amazing. And it came again. I must. It came at the right time. I must clean up my file. I need to get this sorted. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the email popped into your into your inbox, and you're like, "I need to. I need to grip myself, and I need to action it." And now I've made up my own payment plan on my own excel spreadsheet that means i can pay it off you know but at the time it's really helped me out and it will help me out um you know it's weird how these things happen now i'm not saying that everyone should go and take a loan but what i am saying is what you feel you want to do turn that thought process into i must do it it needs to become serious it needs to become something that you believe that you need it you you have to have it Not like, oh, I should do that maybe one day. Guess what? You'll never do it. Or, oh, I really want to do that and I wish I could. Guess what? It's never going to happen. Fuck, I must do this. Shit, I've got to sit down and and figure out how to do this. Oh, my God. Right, focus. All of a sudden, things will start getting out of your way. It might take time. It might not. But it does happen. Look what's happened with the way we've got a house, the way we're putting up the finances, the way that we've got these opportunities come, the way that my why for my future training has fallen on my lap you know things happen weird but things like that happen but you have to have the belief and the seriousness behind it it has to happen yeah no you're right you're spot on
1: eh? it's um belief is is the <laughs> it's the cornerstone it's the yeah yeah uh, i don't know it's, it's i was trying to explain to somebody the other day about um Structuring something in your head, and when you structure it, mm. you structure it with such intent and purpose and belief, almost to the point where it's inevitable. Yeah, and the only way to to do that is to kick out of not not that you were you were in this state, but like this person was, and I was thinking they they were in the, like the victim state. So they, I think, yeah. they found it hard to comprehend what I was trying to say. And I I couldn't, I I struggled to put it succinctly and clear enough and how important it is to grab it by the balls and say, this is my shit and I can do it and I will deal with it and I will achieve.
0: And it takes vulnerability to do that. You know, if, if I think if you're stuck in this sort of victim mentality, like, what I believe is that's your ego getting really bruised. And guess what? Egos don't like to be bruised. You know, we, we know that. Men know that, you know, <laughs> we, we don't like egos to be bruised. And you know what? That's fine. But sometimes in order to get out of that, you need to become vulnerable. Um Laura and I, we need to get out of, we need to be able to afford somewhere to live. Well, we opened our financial situations to each other and Raided each other's bank accounts. We understood what everybody was, what each other were paying. We understood how much money we all have, what's saved up, what's not saved up, um, what's costing a fortune, and we essentially treated all of our money as one pot. Like yeah. that's a really cool thing to do. Like I like control over my own shit, and my ego doesn't like people in, in, in invading that. And you know that was a, a vulnerable thing to do. Yeah. It's vulnerable to turn around and like, to say to somebody, I'm really struggling here. I feel like a victim in this position that I'm in. And to get out of that, people, it's all about people. People will help people. It's not a book. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a podcast. It's Well, maybe it is a podcast. It's more human than anything else. It's not a book. It's not a, it's not a blog you're going to read on the internet. It's talking to somebody. It's listening to somebody's voice on a on a on a on a podcast. It's looking at somebody while you're listening to them on a video or on a whatever. It it takes vulnerability, but ultimately you need that. You, you need to sort of check yourself. You know, it's exactly the same as the gym. You know, you got to you got to check your ego at the door to be able to 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 be humble with yourself to know where you've got to start. Yeah, you know, going to a gym and you think, oh yeah, I'm going to do all this lifting, and then you. Slap 150 kilos on a deadlift, you can't even lift it up. Then guess what? You're probably never going to do it again. You're going to go home and eat Doritos and salsa on the sofa and like you know, watch Netflix because that's great. Oh, I wish I did that. Why am I going? To- um, you know, you've got to go through that vulnerability to start off lifting really, 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 really low weights. You know, nail nail the basics. You know when I when I'm checking someone's ego at the door to, to train them like if I do a one-on-one coaching session then funnily enough we, we're gonna start off with zero weight on a bar like a couple of five kilo things you know and they might think it's stupid but what we're doing there is nailing absolute perfect biomechanics like we are nailing everything that's perfect from the beginning undoing everything i train someone to run i'll strip them back to bare feet and i put them on a treadmill and i make them walk that's not going and doing like 10k high altitude intervals that's going in and starting at the at the ground and sort of you know sometimes like i said with stripping everything back you've got to strip your own emotions back and start from scratch like i've got all these things on top of my head right strip yourself back go for a walk talk to yourself about it who are you and what the hell is it that you want out of this world? And then build on it from there. It's a really difficult thing to do. Really difficult, especially when it comes to vulnerability. But you've got to have somebody that you trust to turn around and say it, say it to. But ultimately, it's people. It's all about people.
1: Yeah, I think men in particular find it difficult to be that vulnerable.
0: It's, yes. Uh,
1: it's but it mind. makes
0: you more of a man to do that. You, you. If people are listening to this and thinking that, then go and look up Elliot Hulse on YouTube. He's turned into a bit of a douche, I think, recently. But you know, people change. But in his in his days, um, he's he's all about you know making men strong again and that sort of thing. And and people look at it and scoff and whatever. But he's got some really good things to say, especially in his younger years. Um, I've kind of turned off Elliot now with his. Now he's gone into this new phase of life, but with his younger year videos, there are some really, really good things in there that, that are a hundred percent true. Oh, you know, this egotistical, I'm a hard man attitude. really is just weak. It's, it's, it shows weakness. It shows, it shows insecurity and insecurity is the ugly stepsister of vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's a uh... kind of vulnerability.
1: Yeah. It's uh I, I, so the crazy thing is all the biggest transformations I've had is where I've been in that moment of being open and vulnerable with someone that I've had the biggest epiphanies mm-hmm. and, and, and mind opening experiences. Yeah. You know, even, even yeah. though it feels like it might, it feels really exposed to do. Uh, like I mean, like, you know, you, you oh, are know. super open and you, you someone could, if they were going to be a dick, they could tear you to shreds at that moment. And yeah, uh, that's what you say, yeah. But I have someone you trust.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. And it, it defies the relationship with that person too. Like I, I felt really, really shit with some of these things that were happening as they were happening, and sat on the sofa and, and looked at Laura and you know said, "Look, I'm, I'm really struggling at the moment. You know, I'm trying to put on this hard man, soldier. I don't give a shit attitude, but ultimately, I was really struggling, and." She was the one I could trust to to say it to, you know, and they don't need to say anything in return. It just helps you in your mind to say it in the presence of someone that you trust. You're not seeking advice or seeking silence in the presence of someone you trust. You know, it's, it's, it's sharing that connection with someone and knowing that you have just shared yourself puts you in an incredible place. Yeah. I think I think sometimes,
1: um, and most people are prone to this. Men, apparently in particular, is, what, is when we're, we're presented with a problem, our default is to try and fix it. And sometimes uh-huh. you just need to be able to be emotionally distant enough to hear it, just to just yeah. like you said, to be present and hear nothing else. Yeah, and just you know, just soak it up for that person to then let them know they've been heard. And then that could you know that can change people that shit changes people's lives. Yeah. You know? It's really powerful. Like Yeah. Um was something else I wanted to ask you as well. Um you okay. mentioned integrity. And yeah, earlier on you mentioned integrity and um Yeah. I was just wonder how how did you come to that? Is that obviously you've touched on a couple of things. You've touched on values and you've touched on uh like what you value most when you when you was doing yeah. this cutting exercise but you've also touched on values in a different sense of uh phys- physical traits maybe or mental and emotional traits as in integrity. How did you how did you get to that one?
0: I in my previous job in the army, I was in an organisation with a lot of two-faced people. A lot of people who would happily stab you in the back. A lot of people who had perfect employer and boss voices, if you know what I mean. Yeah, they were we used to call them DS watchers, and they were basically DS being directing staff. They would they would watch the staff, and then when they, when they were looking at them, then they would perform. Every other time, they were an absolute arsehole. And um, you would have people who would put their name on your report that you just filed for example and and take the credit for it or you would have bosses even bosses that would do the same thing they would take all the credit for their soldiers hard work and then not turn around to the lads and say well done we've done really really well on that you know it would just they would take the whole credit and be like oh yeah, yeah i did that you know there's a lot of lack of integrity and i hated it and i just realized i hated it from day one i think if you're going to express yourself in any way, then the only way to do it, and this is coming from somebody who lied a lot when they were a kid, um, the only way to do it is with integrity. Lying, funnily enough, gets you into the shit. That's what I heard from a very early age, you know, and I got it beaten the fuck out of me. And um, and then you put that into the adult world. I didn't like the feeling that I was just. Uh, how how do I say it? I felt that if I was putting on a front for somebody, you know, to to give them, you know, know, to tell them what they wanted to hear, I wasn't just lying bluntly to them, but it felt like I was just lying to myself. Hmm. And when you become full of integrity with your own actions, you can then become fully full with integrity with everybody else. And I think, Integrity is your big blue bullshit shield. It's it's the one that can cut through all of the crap. It doesn't necessarily get you in the good books all the time. Look at the way my last, but you can leave that place knowing you did the right thing. And integrity is doing the right thing. Yeah, putting putting on a front, putting on a fascia putting on you know this 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 employer's voice that I'll keep coming back to. Is not being, uh, is not using integrity. It's not knowing that you have done the right thing. You are altering somebody's perspective, you are altering somebody's perception, and you are altering somebody's vision or understanding or, or clarity to suit your own agenda. That is not working with integrity. If people worked with a little bit more integrity in this world, we would be in a much better place if people had a lot more integrity in the government brexit would be in a different world things people don't say what they think as much i think people need to start saying what they think you know people need to start acting more like psychopaths and to put that into to put that into perspective i recommend people get the book uh, the good psychopath's guide to success by um uh Andy mcnab and Kevin Dutton now don't get me wrong Andy mcnab I think he's a giant douche, but um he's got some really good points in this book, and it's a really easy book to read you know i, I if if I can get through it in a day, then christ so can johnny h five um but it's a really good book it's got some very good principles in there, and it's 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 sharing how psychopathic traits can be good you know you have this good psychopath in inverted commas. And that means that integrity, or that shows, sorry, that integrity is actually a psychopathic trait because using integrity means you're not afraid to say what you think and people need to say what they think more. People need to not, sh- uh, not hide what they think. How many relationships in your friends and your family and whatever have you, sh- have you seen go down the toilet because people aren't saying what they think? Laura and I have never had an argument, touch wood, We've had a couple of disagreements, but we both say what we think, and then all of a sudden the argument just stops. You know, there might be a time where it kind of feels like I'm having a disciplinary conversation with a boss, but she wears the trousers. So, um, case of, you have this conversation. You are both talking with integrity. You are both saying what you think. You are both taking the time to respect what the other person is saying, which is another aspect. That's like, that's like the, the close twin sibling of integrity you have to take the time to listen it's 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 integrity in speech and integrity in thinking and action it's the ability to say what you think and respect the other person respect also comes under integrity because you are being true to to how you would treat that person and uh, integrity is probably the highest thing I hold on my list of values, if you like. And certainly on my list of personal attributes that I take very, very seriously. Snap, mate. uh,
1: That's one of the things I learned in a mastermind I did. And and I didn't realize how integrity was linked to self-esteem and self-worth. Oh God, yeah. But yeah, but I was, this is, this is at the point where I was in full victim and you know I mean? I was, it's just seeing this giant fat person with his belly hanging over his trousers, and then just you know not following through on the things I said I was going to do, and and then small small steps, little things, just committed action over the years has, has has changed everything, like changed everything around, and and that's the one value I hold, like exactly the same self. That's that's my top one, integrity of self and integrity
0: in dealing with others. Um, yeah. It's, it's... Do, do what I find it interesting um, in my previous job uh, in the forces I did a lot of questioning uh, interrogation bits and pieces and I found body language um, the studying of people psychology and funny enough facial expressions fascinating yes yeah. <laughs> but one of the hardest questioning sessions that I have ever done is with somebody who is a pathological liar. And by that I mean they lie so often and so much and so in depth, like it takes a lot of effort and a very intelligent person to do that, that they actually believe the lie that they are telling. They have lost reality because they are not speaking to themselves with integrity. Funnily enough, they've got lost in the land of the lie if you are, you know, oh, I'm being, I'm, be- I'm I'm, operating with integrity because I'm saying that I'm an athlete every single day in the mirror, but if you don't believe it, you know, funnily enough, you know, you're going to go down this rabbit hole where you're like, if you don't put action on it, you're like, oh, believe it though, I believe it, I'm an athlete. You just don't know what the word athlete is if you look down and you're still, you know, a, a, a fat person with a Mr. Kipling's cake in your hand, you know, it's, it's, it's coming out of the fact that if you live in a lie, if you are telling yourself through misery and, and lack of self-worth, guess what? You're gonna start living that story that you're telling yourself. You become what you think about, you become what you say to yourself. So why would you not operate with a bit of integrity? Again, it takes, it's a bit of build a swallow sometimes. You've got to go to the gym. You know, after I hadn't trained for a little while, I had to go in the gym, but like I'm gonna to have to lift really, really light today because I haven't lifted in ages. Or this run is gonna suck because I haven't done it in so long. But I've got to do it. You know, you've got to swallow your pride, swallow your ego again, leave that out the door because that and integrity—they don't go hand in hand. They're, they are unloved ginger stepchildren to each other. They—you have—you have to leave them behind. You've got to look at yourself, in integrity. If you go in there and be like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna be doing this, 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 and this, and this," and you know it's bullshit, but you believe it then or oh, sorry it's bullshit and you believe it but you can't see it then guess what you're going to embarrass yourself you're going to bruise your ego and your inner chimp is going to protect you and you're going to go and eat nachos on the sofa but if you operate with a little integrity you know look at yourself truthfully it takes a lot of heart long hard looking in a mirror sometimes you know look at david Goggins when he had his you know when he as he was saying in his book you know the the um the sort of not affirmations, but the absolute psychological beasting that he gave himself in the mirror that one day to himself as he's shaving his head. That is in extremis of integrity. You can only get there by being true to yourself, being true to others and, and being true to your situation. And that, that all comes under the umbrella of being of, of integrity.
1: <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I just found it mad to the fact that you can get to that a certain point in life. And then, you know, the, you see i don't know if it's the circles you're in or, or what but how you can how you can get don't, to a certain point without becoming a <laughs> of it as a driving yeah. force and something that can literally shape your life you know this the the value the values in in general i'm talking about not just integrity but like becoming how yeah. getting clear on them can brings a sort of crystal clarity that allows you to just
0: crack on like well, going back to what I was saying before about negativity, how, how you know, it takes one, one negative person to turn you into a negative person. It's all about the people around you. What's yeah. the saying that goes around? You know, you've got the average of the five, the 10, the 20, the three, the however many people around you. Yeah. You know, those people do also include what you watch on TV, what you listen to. That's why I listen to YouTube videos every day. That's why I listen to speeches by people who I value every day. I know that one day I'll meet these people bar the ones that are now deceased unfortunately. Um, you know, you are gonna meet these people because you're surrounding them. You're surrounding yourself with them, the people that I read about in books. You know, these some some are historical figures that I'll never ever see. But you you surround yourself with people through books, through audio, through visual, through actual physical people. Guess what? If one of those is an absolute like negative person who's dragging you down, get rid of them. They're not worth it. You know, you look at that person and go, "What can I add to you, and what might you teach me?" And all of a sudden, it's not like "What can I get from you?" and you know, make it transactional. It's you know, "What can I learn from you?" But in the process of helping you to do something that I know about, you know, it's all about helping people. Yeah, you've got to got to get clear that group of people around you. I think that's the most important motivator. How many people who are, you know batting lazy on a sofa or, or feeling really shit about themselves on, in, in life or you know really really down in the dumps have either got zero people around them or they are watching some bullshit on telly like eastenders or something and they are then you know watching some more bullshit on netflix they're reading some bullshit love story that they realize it's never going to happen that adds nothing to your life or you're reading some crappy magazine that just loves all the news or whatever that just loves all the negative stories how much negativity is there around you cut it out i don't have a tv i don't watch the news i don't i i I know that boris johnson's being a bit of a douche at the moment but i don't really know what's going on i like being naive to it because do you know what i've got my own shit going on and in the um you know in the attitude of brendan bachard i'm kind of like well You know, you you you've got that, okay. I've got. Sorry, not Brendan Bouchard. Um, um, what's his name? Darren, Darren, somebody who's the editor of Success Magazine. Yes, thank you, Darren Hardy. Um, you know, he will turn around and be like, "Yeah, you've you've got that. You've got the environment. You've got the government. I'm going to leave you to that because I know you can focus on it. I've I've got my success that I can focus on, and." I'm going to do that first before I worry about other things. You know, there's an element of being a little bit selfish here. Yeah, I,
1: I, um, I, I'm, I'm conf- conflicted. i got my parents telling that, me all the time no. to watch. Sorry, mate. You're breaking up again.
0: No, no, please go on.
1: No, I was just going to say I'm conflicted. i got my, my parents are constantly on to me to watch the news. And when I ask them why, they say, because it's important to know what's going on. But I'm thinking exactly what you just said. Is I like got my own. Yeah. It's, I'm I'm concentrating on what I can control. I think the news when you just framed it then it made me think it's a way of giving the masses uh, the false sense of being in control. And I wouldn't, you know, I've never I never looked at it that way.
0: There was the, there was a um, a point on this nutrition course that I'm doing at the moment. Um, and we were going through evidence-based learning and what it's all about. And there was one thing that was talking about animal studies and the pros and cons of all it. So basically, we're going through all these different studies, right? You know, methods of gaining information. You know, you've got systematic reviews, and you've got randomized controlled trials, and you've got animal studies, and you've got, you know, reports and editorials and whatever. And uh, the pros and cons of all of them. Anyway, we were going through animal studies, and this really blunt point was like, You bother looking at animal studies if you haven't read all of the human studies. You know, guess what? That that you're probably reading probably relevant to a human because you are one. So let's stick to the human studies first. Now, I know that might be a little bit of a far fetched anecdote, but but bear bear with me here. Why would you be looking at the goings on of the entire planet and seven point four billion people? When you have no idea what's going on with the person you see in the mirror, there's there's <laughs> got to be a, there's, there's there's got to be a story here of of sorting yourself out before you can start worrying about what's going on everywhere else. Surely, yeah, that's
1: yeah, very true. And that's that's that was the thing for me was I was holding a mirror up to who I was and being like I say being. Honest enough with myself to actually think, Jesus Christ, I need to make some changes.
0: Hundred <laughs> percent.
1: Yeah, good stuff, man. It's uh, it's powerful. It's a good book on it. Isn't it? Um, Mirror Work, Louise Hay. Oh yeah, yeah. She's um, I think she's passed now, but she uh, she was in you know massive. Um, have you had a Hay House publisher, yeah. So so that that's that's come from here, I think.
0: Okay. Oh, so she was,
1: yeah, she's um, big into the, like the healing fields and alternative side mm-hmm. of things. But yeah, one of her books is called Mirror Work, so uh, that's worth checking out for anybody that's listening and wants to do a bit of self development. Okay. So. Oh, dude, we've listed loads of books in this one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have.
1: <laughs> that's good. They got some to sunk. go.
0: Yeah, good psychopath's guide to success. That's a good place to start. It's a piece of cake to read as well. And it's got some fun, like quizzes and tasks and shit to do at the end of each chapter, which are quite eye opening, actually. When you answer the questions and you're like 100% truthful, again, using a bit of integrity, um, you, you, it's a really good book. I mean, I, there's a reason I've read it about 10 times and earmarks all the pages and highlighted it and written out notes and shit. It's a really good book. Um, just take, you know you got to take the Andy McNabb stories with a pinch of salt, but for what it is, it's, it's a good book.
1: I'm going to check it out anyway myself.
0: Oh, absolutely. Do it, man.
1: Yeah. So thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Joel Ingram, and I am a certified NLP coach. I help passionate, resourceful, and professional people feel stuck and unfulfilled with aspects of life to rewrite their narrative and chronicle a new, engaging, and captivating future. Please subscribe if you found benefit. Well, I think we wrap him up there, mate. It's uh, nearly 10. Um, That was a solid effort. We we didn't do bad for a quick catch-up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was good good to talk again.
0: Aye, absolutely. It's been a while, but we've 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 had our stuff to do. So you know, life happens sometimes.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And you've got to flex with it, haven't you?
0: Yeah, and hopefully next time I'll have some better internet connection and we can have video. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's you or me, anyway. So uh, it's, it's so, probably yeah. me because my last call was a bit sketch as well. So yeah. it, it might just be the back of the weather that we're having up here because it's kind of screwed up a few things I think so.
1: Okay, mate. Um should we wrap up and arrange for I don't know for the next one for next week sometime or do you want to leave it a week or
0: Yeah absolutely. Um, let me let me double check my calendar for yeah. next week. Uh, start my new job on Friday. So as soon as I know what my rotor is then I can uh, ping you an email and we can get booked in if you like.
1: alright cool, happy days Nice. Right. Okay mate, I'm off to bed. Thank you for coming yeah, on. Me
0: too. Oh, you're welcome.
1: <laughs> uh, and I look forward to our next discussion. I reach out if you need anything.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you too, man. All right. All right. I'll speak to you soon.
1: All right. Best, Ben. All right. See you later. Bye bye.